Was that look like? <laughs> was it you knowing that I'm right? Uh huh. <laughs> What's up? It is Hippie Chicken Metalhead here, and this is going to be our last show of the season. Aww. It's been a good run, but we gotta end the season so we can take a damn break. <laughs> a short break. Yeah, we'll be taking a short break and we'll be active on social media and let you guys know when we will, that's right, be coming up with our second season doing things a little bit different but we're still gonna keep it a surprise so we're not gonna tell you shit right now we decided that it's best let's take a little break and come back recoup and have something awesome for you guys that we worked on and just be really proud so of it. we're finishing up the season with something a little different we are reverting back to our middle school days now for our listeners who may have known us for a long time Know that Jenny and I go way back to middle school, and in middle school and high school, Jenny and I went through our emo phases together. Yep. Can you guess what our favorite bands were? (laughs) My favorite band was Fall Out Boy. And my all-time favorite band was Blink-182, and honestly still is today, but in middle school I did have a tad bit of an unhealthy obsession with them. You think you had an unhealthy obsession with Blink-182? I religiously listened to Fall Out Boy while they were still on hiatus. Do you know how thrilled I was when they came off hiatus in 2013? It was pretty exciting. I mean, Blink-182 broke up for a while. Well, they broke up in 2005, and then I think they got back together maybe a little bit before Fall Out Boy. Those were difficult times. Because it was like, they broke up in 2005... So I was very young during that, so I was also listening to them while they were completely broken up. Which brings us to what are we doing in this episode. Normally, each episode, we have oddly specific superlatives that we take our two opponents and put them through. Now, this episode, since it is our season finale, and we just in general kind of want to talk about the two people were just doing more questions that actually really pertain to them and are easier to answer rather than throwing complete hypotheticals and then our lightning round is more of a hypothetical situation so with that being said we took our two favorite bassists and we'll be pinning them against each other now just a heads up i know that both blink 182 and fall out boy still make music today. They both have had recent albums in the past few years, and I just want to say that this isn't about those. I want to say that the cutoff year for this specific episode is 2008. That's right, we're taking it to the emo days. Ooh, yeah. We really want to capture them in their prime emo boy phase. <laughs> now, there there are a few superlatives that we have here that's, that, that are relevant. But with that being said, we are doing our favorite bassists, Pete Wentz and Mark Hoppus. 
exciting because I think that this is honestly the ultimate showdown since Brie and I have been having this argument since we were 12, 13 years old. It's true. I was in love with Pete Wentz. I was. He was the emo boy of my dreams. And Mark Hoppus was just the all-around funny guy that was also super in tune with his feelings, so of course I was in love with him. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I think it is important to mention that obviously Fall Out Boy and Blink-182 are different subcategories of what pop punk is. So now we're just talking about old school pop punk. Pete Wentz is the dad of pop punk, but Mark Hoppus is the granddaddy. (laughs) Because, I mean, technically, when they started, they were, like, the punk band, and they kind of helped form the idea of what pop punk was. They paved the way. Sometimes I forget that Blink-182 did start in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Fall Out Boy, well, each respective member was making music in the 90s and in their own respective bands. They weren't a thing until the early 2000s. Yeah, 2001 and Blink-182 started in... 92 but i don't think they really started gaining their headway until like 96 regardless when whenever jenny and i talk about old school pop punk if you ever considered yourself a pop punk kid an emo kid whatever three bands come to mind and Mm -hmm. you had an unhealthy obsession with one and only one of these bands fall out boy blink 182 or my chemical romance the holy trinity there i said it they're their own subgenres. My Chemical Romance is that scary emo music that has a meaning behind it. Fall Out Boy is super, like, you're super in tune with your feelings and you write it out in this, like, deep poetry. Listen, you don't know Pete Wentz's story. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, you're right. And then there's Blink-182, which is they're also very depressed, but they hide it behind dick jokes. <laughs> it's just it, whatever worked for you. <laughs> and I fucked your mom. <laughs> They have a song that's called I Wanna F a Dog in the Ass. Like, like, who? Do you ever look at the state of Tom DeLonge and you go, ah, that makes sense? (laughs) I think about how much he's obsessed with aliens. And then um, when Enema of State came out, the song Aliens Exist. And I was like, ah, we've pinned back to where it started. (laughs) Anyway, this is not about Tom DeLonge. This is not about Fall Out Boy. This is not about Blink-182. This is about... Pete Wentz and Mark Hoppus. So our our basey boys. Let's go ahead and start our categories. Our first category, who has the best stage energy? Now I had to go back and watch some old ass videos. <laughs> some old yeah. live videos to really remember this. <laughs> and what is, <laughs> what conclusion did you come out to? Well, the first thing I searched up on my handy dandy YouTube was Fall Out Boy Live 2007. Oh my god, my guy Pete. That first video link I clicked, he no. is wearing a gray hoodie with black jeans, and he's got the hood up, and he's got the emo hair. He's got, like, the swoosh that, like, looks like he hasn't showered in two weeks. He's Ew. got the eyeliner. No. And, you know, he's, he's just... Oh, God. Sometimes I wish we had a YouTube instead of a podcast so I could show you guys how (laughs) ridiculous this was. He was standing, playing his bass, like doing just that that sad boy emo stance that you you know what I'm talking about when I say it. (laughs) 
Is it like the stance from School of Rock where he's like, and he raises up the hand, he raises up his pick to the Lord of Darkness or whatever it was, whatever the line is. Exactly like that, except he just exuded angst. You know, he exuded, like, if if he had a smell, it would be like B.O. and tears, you know? (laughs) I'm sorry, Pete. I love you. But you know this about yourself. He's not listening. <laughs> you can make fun <laughs> of him. If he it's was. Fun. If he was, just in case you're listening, did you shower in 2007? <laughs> and if the answer is no, do you have a shirt from 2007 that we could yes, have? Yes, can I, can I have it? <laughs> <laughs> because of that emo stance, would you say that he has the best stage energy? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Because then, surely after, I went on YouTube, and I just want to say that I'm fighting for Pete all the way here. I'm fighting for you. I I am. I think, I know this is the first category, but I'm going to have to give this one away to Mark for this, because... Absolutely, you do. Because You know why? Why? I'm sorry. I'm very heated, and I know you're not going to fight me on this, but I, I, like, I had a whole argument prepared for this. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, for argument's purposes... I think Pete won this category. Pretend. This is pretend. Well, you're wrong. And <laughs> it's mainly because if you look at any video of Blink-182 from whenever they start getting popular and getting a lot of a crowd, Mark Hoppus is never in one place. He is constantly running around stage, jumping up and down, bantering back and forth with Tom DeLong, And he just like had this big thing about like why do bassists always look so bored not like they're having fun on stage so i think that he really wanted to put out that you can have just as much fun as the lead singer i think it, it, it's just all around a thing for blink 182 in general because it's the same thing with travis barker but with mark i think that he really pushed for that idea forward. to argue with that though pete Wentz didn't look bored he just looked sad you're playing in front of thousands of fans making money but off of your sadness. Look happy. It, it was it was the character. He had to fit the character. No. He had to be the dark, broody bassist, you know? He was cool. Every girl wanted him. Yeah. Even though he did look like he didn't shower in two weeks. But that was the thing. <laughs> that was the thing back then. Well, it's still yeah like it. because he has a better stage presence who wants to watch a sad guy on stage look sad it's more engaging it's more fun i just want to hug him maybe not but kind of smells i'm sure 2007 pete i'm saying to be specific i think mark totally won that category hands down <laughs> uh next one so this is more prevalent to today is best social media presence you know this is another moment where i you know was doing my research and i wanted it so badly to be pete and i open up his twitter he hasn't posted a thing in months i looked at his instagram it's just kind of sad but then i looked at i looked at mark's instagram and he's He's posting. He's posting every three days. He's with it. He's posting about his family, his dogs. He just posted about, uh, I think it's like his anniversary with his the wife. The post that won me over was uh, he just reached a milestone level on Pokemon Go. <laughs> That's still your That's heart. That's a social media presence. Yeah, he's with it. You know, I just think it's because Mark Hoppus is a big child. He's young at heart. 
So he's with it on all the things. From his presence, and of course we don't know him personally, but from his presence through social media and just in general, being in the public eye, he's always been with what's going on now. Whether or not him being older, it doesn't matter. He still can connect to a younger crowd, and that's especially important when you have a social media presence. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I also had that moment where I opened up Pete's Instagram, and mind you, like I said, Fall Out Boy was my favorite band growing up. I haven't really paid attention to them in recent years. Um, For good reason. (laughs) So I obviously haven't been on their social media in a long time, and I opened up Pete's Instagram, and the first post I saw, my mouth literally went, who let him do that to his hair? (laughs) Who let him grow out his hair like that? It's so long. And it's just, I mean, it looks clean at least. But I'm really not. Okay, so there was one picture where it's just brown. And then I guess he must have gotten some highlights on it. And it's not good highlights. Like, they're bad. My hair. You're talking about my hair. (laughs) It would put any hairstylist to shame. You ever just see someone and you go, oh, honey, come here. Oh, honey. Let me fix that just, for you. Get, <laughs> you got a little schmutz. <laughs> you got a little schmutz on your face. Category two. Mark won that one, too. Yes, he did. What's the next category we got? Okay, I think that right now we're kind of on the trend of them currently because we put most dad energy mm-hmm. Now, do we want to do it based off the fact that they're actual dads right now, or do we want to do it 2008 who had a dad-like energy? All right. they're both dads, aren't they? No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, do you want to base it off of their interactions with their children that we would only know through social media, or them as pop-punk band dads? (laughs) I'm just going to say dad energy, like, without the actual children aspect, but, like, the Will you lose this category, too, because it's Mark. All right. Let's argue about this. Okay, so who has the most dad energy? Mark. No, it's Pete. Why would it be Pete? It's Pete because... He's so in his feels, he's not caring about everybody else. (laughs) He wrote his poems in a dark room. Hear me out. I need you to listen. I need you to listen to me. I'm listening. Just like we were talking about their Instagrams. I went on Pete's Instagram. The vibe that I got immediately was... Oh my god, he'd be such an embarrassing dad. Okay. But like dad. Now we never said what type of dad. So if we're going off of before they were dads, so early 90s, even like 2001, right before his kid is born, he gives off the dad vibes. He gives off cool dad vibes. Mark definitely says dad jokes, but you laugh okay, at them. that's what I'm saying. Mark Havis is the cool dad. He he radiates fun energy. Yeah, but then how can we argue? How can we argue who has the best dad energy? Like, to me, a cool dad, like, that's, like, the key top energy is when they have good dad jokes that you actually laugh at. Not super embarrassing. Well, I think we're, they both radiate a lot of dad energy. Am I implying that this might be a tie category? That's right. Yes, I am. Do we ever have an episode where we're not having an argument and end up just fine? We're admitting it. <laughs> because they're both a dad. Like, like actual dads and also dad energy And dads. then, like, also, like, yeah. dads. Okay, next one is edgiest. Are we gonna argue about this one? No, you could have it. Well, that's just 
less fun. You can tell me exactly why, but I just, I mean, Mark is edgy. We know this from I Miss You and Adam's song and uh, Josie and other songs. I'm sorry for the train that you hear in the background, but it's quite not as edgy as Pete Wenz's poetry. Oh, I put a new address, so all the same old loneliness, and this is me and you, and you and me, and so we've got nothing left. Anyway, thank you for listening to my recitation of Pete Wenz's poetry circa 2003. I remember when we were younger, and that was one of your favorite pieces, poetry, whatever, and um, you'd be like, oh my god, it's so deep. And me not knowing or understanding, like, a lick of any of it. Be like, yeah, oh my god, it is so deep. What the fuck is he talking about? I had a very troubled adolescence. So I related to very angsty lyrics and poetry. I'm not saying that that's bad. I just didn't understand it because I can't read between the lines. That's fair. That's fair. Poetry was not my thing. It's still not my thing. I appreciate it from afar. But I don't know. What matters is that Pete won this category. I know. You really needed a win. Hey, watch it. Some of these categories are a dead giveaway that they're Mark. Some of them are a dead giveaway that they're Pete. We're passionate. What can I say? So that one definitely goes to Pete. I mean, we didn't even mention the style, but we'll get to there later. Oh, yeah. That's that's a later category. That's why I didn't touch that yet. But all I'm going to say is guyliner. Uh, you know what? It's really fucked up that they called it guyliner back then. It's just eyeliner. Now, when dudes wear eyeliner now, it's just eyeliner. It's just eyeliner. Apparently, you have to give it you have to give it a different name to make it okay for guys to wear it. Like, yeah, it was just part of the fashion. Like it was part of the emo scene to wear eyeliner. Now look at us. We've come so far. The fragile masculinity. Our next category is sickest baseline. I have a feeling that we're going to be spending a lot of time on this one. <laughs> now, I know that Jenny has provided some backups, and I've only provided one song, but it's a really, <laughs> it can hold an argument, and, and <clears throat> you're going to see why. You can go ahead and start this argument, Jenny. Now, like Bree said, there's a lot of songs that I absolutely love the bass line to. It just gets you hyped. It gets you ready to just jump around and have a good time. But I will say that the intro to Man Overboard is one of the best bass lines. I don't know if we're going to have be able to have the rights to put the bass line in our episode. So if it is there, awesome, great. You can listen to it. If not, you could pause this episode and take a look. It's right in the beginning of the song. It's just Mark Hoppus shredding it on his bass. That's that's one of the best ones that I think. I just want to state that we are not any sort of bass experts. So we're not doing this based off of like technique. It's purely, do you feel it in your soul? Yeah, Jenny does have a point. And um, while I do acknowledge that Man Overboard has an excellent baseline, as we've just listened, I will still argue and say that, and everyone knows the song, Dance Dance, basic, sickest baseline ever. It is such a, this is how basic it is, that it didn't take me any time to learn it. I will admit that was the first song that I learned on bass. I wa- I'm going to sit here because that's part of my argument. I'm going to sit here and I want to emphasize the fact that this is the first thing that Jenny learned on her bass. 
was because dance dance. Because it was dance. so easy. But it was iconic. If it was any less iconic, then you would have played Man Overboard instead. You would have tried to learn that one first. Man Overboard is hard to do. I would not do that as a beginner song. That just sounds like excuses to me. Yes, because a, a an experienced bassist is going to go right to the hardest song first. No, they're going to start off with a really easy song. <laughs> Although that that was the first song that I learned. Yeah, it's an easy song to play, but it does make you want to get up and dance. But there's something about Man Overboard. And I think that it does hold weight that you have this one song and I can name five other songs that have a great like riff in them too but that's not the category the category was stick is baseline singular but i'm saying but that attributes to what type of basis you are if you can have multiple of them if you only have a one it doesn't show how well versed you are that's just you know what that's not right and i'm i'm arguing because the number one thing i hear whenever i play follow boy is patrick stump's glorious voice can you say that about tom DeLong? Tom DeLonge's voice, although it's not glorious and pretty, it is one of the most uniques. You can immediately know who it is right away from hearing it. So yes, it, you're telling me that when you hear, I'm sorry, you don't immediately like, yeah, that's, 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 it's Tom DeLonge. Well, maybe I'm a little biased here. And by little, I mean a lot because I mean, Patrick Stump was one of my biggest vocal influences mm-hmm. when I was growing up. So I recognized him at a, at a penny drop, you know? He has the uh, typical nice voice where it's a, a deeper melody, which is something that a lot of people can do, but not many. There are very few singers that you can actually just like distinguish their voice, not knowing them well. For instance, Ozzy. There are certain voices, ACDC, you hear that voice, you know who exactly what band it is. It's Brendan one of Yuri. those. Brendan Urie as well. We, we just got off topic here. But what I'm saying is that you have this voice that is so recognizable and that a lot of people really focus on, but Mark is able to shine through that in a lot of their songs rather than just very few. Fine, 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 fine. I will begrudgingly give this to you. And I want to give honorable mentions to Adam's song, What's My Age Again? I Miss You. Carousel. I hate hate this bitch. done (laughs) she literally took my face and rubs it in the dirt she said yeah and eat it too bitch i'm really passionate (laughs) i'm not saying you're not passionate but sometimes i'm just like no this is not right but i do agree that dance dance does have a great bass line i i will always love that song but not over my main man you know what no i gotta respect you you put up a much better argument i i can't I can't honestly expect, like, one of their top singles to hold through an entire argument. <laughs> dance, dance. We're falling apart oh. halftime. <laughs> All right. So, Mark Hoppus won that category. Um, our next one is Best Audience Engagement. So, that, that kind of ties hand-in-hand hand with stage energy. I think it's just, like, who talks to the audience a lot, gets them amped up. Like, not, besides, like, maybe the banter back and forth, because I know that Pete Wenz and Patrick Stump, like, they they talk to each other on stage. But how well do they engage in the crowd and how much of that is Pete Wenz? You know what? Now that we're doing this, I'm starting to realize that Jenny made this category just so she can give Mark 
another point. I might have. You could have told me no. And I think that's really screwed. That's really messed up. She's like, no, it's it's different from stage energy. It's something that your man lacks. (laughs) Well, I mean, maybe back then. I don't know about today, but. I mean, I've definitely seen where they talk back. Like, it's not necessarily that they have to, like, completely talk to the crowd, but stage performance was more of, like, in in the music, and then this is more of, like, in-between songs. Do they keep the audience's attention? Since I did mention that our cutoff year was 2008, like I was saying before, Pete Wentz was just a broody performer you know he had his hood up he was like oh i'm just i'm just an angsty basis love me but i don't talk to me because i'm mysterious hair swoosh (laughs) it makes the little swoosh sound it's like (laughs) nike (laughs) and i will say that there was a point in blink 182 early that i i think that they were trying too hard to be funny what what makes it say that like just going off of some interviews where they're stoned to the bone they could not answer a single question straight it had to be a joke and sometimes i was like you guys are just it's overkill and they would do that sometimes on stage but it was still fun i mean i know that this is out of category but i think i saw them in like 2015 maybe a little bit earlier 2013 and their stage presence because it was still tom DeLong at the time their stage presence was really interesting and really cool and i saw them with matt skiba like two years ago and it was still that stage presence obviously it's not the same as tom being there but you could tell a lot of it is mark so what is what does mark do that he's so good at audience engagement I think he just, like, usually is, he does crowd check-ins a lot. You know, like, how you guys doing? But not extremely typical. Tell stories on stage of Mm -hmm. times of other shows or tours that they have been on. And that's not only just true today. That's true to, like, 2005 because they were touring for a while still at that point. I watched a few of their early year videos from the 90s and early 2000s and and i have to agree that um mark hoppus does just do a really great job of in- engaging the audience because he 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 like goes out into the crowd oh yeah and, yeah and that to me like when i see that at a show if if a musician is able to come out and just like really amp the audience up that's wow it's been so long since i've been to a show I know this is making me feel so sad, <laughs> but it's okay. It's fine. We just gotta push fine. through it. Now I will give Pete Wen's props because today, I mean, I don't know how much today today, but let's say like 2015, the stage presence has been a lot more prevalent in in how he interacts with the audience. I saw a video of him like crowd surfing. How it just oh absolutely, <laughs> but he has a difference aura about him than he did in their earlier albums fall of boy has become much more poppy now um which is which is fine is it fine it's (laughs) fine i didn't say amazing i said fine (laughs) and and so that i mean the emo thing kind of like went out of style and he got old 
It's not cute anymore. Mm. If you were still walking around with swoosh hair, like, into his 40s. How old is he now? He's 41. And, you know, it's it's still kind of in to be edgy right now, uh, you know, with the whole e-boy aesthetic. But I, he's 41. It's not cool anymore for him. He had to pick up something else. And, yes, he has great audience engagement now, but I made a promise that I'd stay out the cutoff. And mm-hmm. his audience engagement just didn't, uh, didn't cut it. Well, you were saying before about it just, like, not being cute anymore. Just, I mean, I know that we're talking about the basis, but I have... Tom DeLonge is such a shit show of a person that I just have to constantly mention him. But the fact that, like, I think when we saw them in 2013, which, like, they were in still in their either early 40s or late 30s, and they were still making, like, especially uh, Tom was making... I'm gonna make love with your mom jokes and it's like dude you're old enough to be my dad I mean I guess like yeah a lot of your audience grew up in the 90s with those jokes but then it's also like weird like there's a point where those jokes just don't really they're not great you are old enough to be a dad and I'm pretty sure he is dad so there comes a time where you have to grow out of things that aren't age appropriate anymore it's time to sign up for that AARP membership. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. So, uh, what were we talking about? We went off the rails a little bit. Best audience engagement oh. that we are giving that to Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gave that one to Mark. Yeah, are you keeping count of all this? Yes. All right, good. I I feel <laughs> okay. like I ask that every episode. It's fine. Next one is most iconic fashion. Pete, hands down. Hands down, Pete. I will argue to the death on this. I think I've already accepted that I know that this one isn't going to mark, but can I make a little bit of an argument? Yeah, I'll sympathize a little bit, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) There's something about when the entire band, and especially with Mark, when they went through their t-shirt baggy cargo short with long tube socks and Mark's hair, which is like 10 feet tall. Every time I look at it, it makes me smile. When I think Blink-182 fashion in the 90s and early 2000s, I remember that pop punk, especially in the 90s and early 2000s, was super cool. Like it was, it was super popular, like the in crowd was like, mm. yeah, Blink-182, you watch early 2000s movies, and it's like, the coolest kid in school is in a pop punk band, and you see their, like, oversized t-shirts and the khakis, and so I just, I associate. I want to bring that back, I just want to say, all the chick flick movies today have nothing on, like, 90s chick flicks. I mean, this is early 2000s, but when uh, the love interest of Emma Stone from House Bunny is the singer from All American Rejects. <laughs> Let's bring that back. I just, but I, I'm I'm trying to make a point with this because those two things are associated with one another: the, being the cool kid and being in a pop punk band. I just associate the t-shirt, the oversized t-shirt, and the khakis and the bands with like assholes from high school. Yeah, they definitely played it too cool for school. Yeah, But, like, I don't know. I think it was the goofy haircut, because, I mean, originally in the beginning, Mark does have, like, shaved blonde hair, which 
looked ridiculous, but then when he started growing it out and doing that, like, silly style, it gave him, like, a little bit of a goofy, like, approachable mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I watched a music video when their hair was, like, short and bleached because it was, it was Mark Hoppus and Tom DeLonge. Was it Damn It? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I just remember um, Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day did the same thing in the same era. Like, it was it was the yeah. cool thing to shave your head and bleach it. Like, it was punk. Yeah, it was a very punk thing to do. So, and, and I think that's what, like, almost Mark kind of took the idea of Liberty Spikes, but just, like, nah. Like, let's go a little <laughs> different with it. Like, he took the idea and just made it different. And honestly, <laughs> there wasn't that much time between Blink-182 and peak Fallout Boy, but it, it, they were a little bit of a different era. And so Pete Wentz's fashion was also very in at the time, you know, the the distressed formal look, the the edgy types, like Avril Lavigne and Skater Boy, you know, it was, yeah. it was emo, yeah. but it was like you wanted to look formal, but you wanted to look cool. I think that Mark Hoppus, his look was like more achievable, roll out of bed and just throw some clothes mm-hmm. on. To say, I don't know how much of fashion that could be then. I mean, it's fashion, however you want to put it. But the Pete Wenz look is like the almost like intimidating because he looks so cool. Yeah, like you wanted to be that. Like you. Of course it is a thing. But like, did he really, he kind of put himself out there when he did put on eyeliner. He's like, no, fuck that. Like, because that was kind of during the era that it was more of like, oh, no, that's girly, quote unquote. It, it was something that was like, oh, you're feminine, but he's like, fuck yeah, it. Yeah, Pete Wentz definitely guided the, I'm going to say guy liner thing because that's what it was called in 2007, but yeah, um, he definitely led that with Brendan Urie, definitely did it during the same years. But I mean, well, I guess Pete Wentz didn't really start it. I think Billy Joe Armstrong probably did it before them. And then, of course, you know, it was the thing to do in the 80s. But still, it's it's he held it up because I think it was something that was kind of going out, out of style at that mm-hmm. point. And I think that that is very, it was very um paving the way, making your own statement, mm-hmm. which is what fashion is all about. Yeah, so in that sense, I think Pete Wentz just had better fashion, in my opinion. Would I want to bring it back today? Probably not. But... That figure of shaking is me shaking my head no. Would I go out of my way to have similar fashion sense absolutely do you think oh yeah i you know the dark skinny jeans the the emo hair god knows that i had the emo hair um <laughs> oh yeah which i'm not afraid to post it on the instagram oh my god we have to dig some pictures out <laughs> and then there was the year that jenny and i had the matching emo hair mm-hmm. yeah which i'm ashamed to say was not in 2007 it was actually 2012 yeah 2012 or 2013 i'm thinking i just want to make a quick side note and say that we're getting older now that we know that tiktok has been romanticizing being a teenager in 2014 who knew yeah (laughs) who knew that that would happen so quickly i saw a video of things that were trending 
like my sophomore junior year of high school when we were big on Tumblr and all I could think about for some reason was We Are Never Getting Back Together by Taylor Swift <laughs> and Hurricane Sandy. Uh, like those are the top two things from that year that I remember. And then obviously the Tumblr aesthetic. Like my, yeah. Like my grunge blog. Yeah. That's just, yeah. It's so weird. Old. <laughs> P-Wens won this category. Yeah, best fashion. What am I just say? Yeah. Now, if we're going to talk about the hypocrisy of you saying that I created a category just so I can give a point to Mark, this next one. <laughs> Most likely to have a bra thrown at them during concert, Pete Wentz. Well, actually, I don't know. I feel like Blink-182 definitely had more bras thrown at them, but I think he was more pointed towards Tom DeLonge. Okay, there is a video of, of Mark Hoppus actually receiving a bra. <laughs> so... You think it's Pete Wentz has received more? Yes, absolutely. Mainly because he was the hot one in Fall Out Boy. Mark was hot? No, I mean, specifically in Fall Out Boy. He was everyone's girl crush, you know? When did Patrick Stump actually become pretty attractive? I don't, honestly, not until, say, Rock and Roll, I'm pretty sure. Sorry, no diss on you, Patrick, but... Yeah, bro, you, you did some Benjamin Button shit. He, like, reverted age. Like, he, like, lost 10 years. I'm in between because a part of me thinks, like, yeah, maybe Mark, Mark didn't receive as many bras because, like, like he was the funny one. I guess a little bit more than Tom was, but, like, Tom was the more edgy, so I guess the girls, like, went for him more. But that isn't nonetheless that he didn't receive bras. He definitely got some. I just don't know who got more. Yeah, Pete Wentz got more. Well, actually... Is that still a thing? I mean, obviously not right now with COVID, but is is that still a thing where you go to concerts and girls throw their bras at the bands? I have never been at a concert where that's happened. I, I think that happened more in the 2000s. Yeah. Stopped. As somebody with boobs, I would not throw my bra away because bras are expensive. Bras are so expensive, man. Okay, Like, you have to go in with the idea that you're going in there with, like, a $10 bra that you don't care about, because that shit's, like, $40. I am not throwing that away to some band member that I've already spent my money on to get tickets. Well, this is what a lot of girls did. They they used to, I think they, like, would bring a spare bra, and they would write their number on it, right? Didn't they do that? They wrote their number on it, and then they threw it up and, like, hoped that, you know, they'd call them. They get a call. Imagine, like, throwing your bra at P-Wins and just, like, getting a call the next day, like, hey, you got your bra. <laughs> and they're purely basing it off of your bra size. <laughs> I'm not gonna get into, like, the gross part of that, but... It was the rock star thing to do, though. I think maybe you're right that P-Wins did receive a little bit more. I do think that Mark Hoppus got his fair share, but Tom DeLong kind of deflected some well, of them. Well, I also, like... This goes into lyrics because Pete Wentz wrote some of the Fall Out Boy lyrics. And a lot of their earlier albums, they have some songs specifically talking about sleeping with, like, strangers to get by. I slept with a member of Fall Out Boy and all I got was this song or whatever it's called. Yeah. And it's, I just feel like they got, they got a lot of action. Okay. All right. Yeah, I can give it to that. I think it's, like, a little bit skewed, but I'll give it. Whatever, man. Okay. So, that is the ending, and we've talked about it. I don't know. 
(laughs) (laughs) We are now on to our lightning round, so we have three categories. Excuse me. It is the not-so-lightning lightning round to you. Oh, I'm sorry. Now we are on to our not-so-lightning lightning rounds. We have Christmas categories, so let's go ahead and get started. The first category is the best Christmas song. So let's go ahead and just take a look at uh, our Christmas songs here. For Fall Out Boy, we have You'll Shoot Your Eye Out. Yule as in Yule Log. Also, I think that's a reference to A Christmas Story, right? Mm-hmm. Great song. Classic. Blakeway 2, we have I Won't Be Home for Christmas, Not Another Christmas Song, Happy Holidays, You Bastard. And I believe that... Well, I guess this is more of not talking about just in general of Pete and Mark. It's more of just the bands. So I personally think that Blink-182s are f- more fun. I... I'm going to agree with you only because, and I'm going to again begrudgingly agree with you, You'll Shoot Your Eye Out is a classic for me. I listen to it every Christmas. It was on my pop punk Christmas playlist. Don't judge me. I definitely had it Mm -hmm. well into my teens. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to give this one to you simply because there are more Christmas tracks by Blink-182. That's interesting. I mean, they're kind of anti-Christmas songs. That's what makes them so awesome, though. Like, And I guess that's why I, I love mean, them so more. I mean, so you'll shoot your eye out. Yeah, that's true. But, like, it's not another Christmas song. I can't, I don't, I don't remember if it's not another Christmas song or I won't be home for Christmas, but it starts off with Christmas caroling and then... I can't remember the exact lyrics, but it's pretty much Mark saying that he chased them out with a baseball bat, and I'm like, that's me. That's Blink-182. I voted Mark. Well, yeah, Blink, Mark. But... Blink, but Mark. So, I mean, Mark is Blink-182, honestly. I don't think that they would still be here today without Mark. I have to agree. Mark is the one of the most important members. He is the glue. Our next category is Best Christmas Decor. I want to know... You drive to their house, which is super weird if we actually did that, but <laughs> but you drive to their house. Who has the best Christmas lights? Okay, so I was thinking about this, and when I imagine, I obviously have not seen either of these people's Christmas decor. However, yeah. I'm using my imagination. Pete Sam. Wentz would be the type of guy to go kind of traditional, kind of classic, mm. you know, keep it... Yuletide Carol, whatever. Mm. And then Mark Hoppus would be the one to make it hilarious. Just put all these inflatables in his front yard. He would have all of the lights that synchronize the music, and it would probably be like his own Christmas song. Yes, exactly. And I guess that just kind of depends on what kind of decorations you like. Well, I guess yes, but I just want to fight for Mark and say that I think whether or not it is true that he would go more funny, I think that he would be more into the holiday spirit because, like I previously said, he's extremely young at heart. He's just a big, giant kid. So I think that Pete has, like, this 
he has a little bit of a too cool for school attitude when it comes to certain things. And I think that Christmas is one of those things. I am going to have to agree with you. I think he would have a really extra personality. And those are the types of houses that you look for when you're driving down the street wanting to look at Christmas decorations. You want to see all the extra decorations. You want to see the tackiest thing possible. But what I'm saying is Mark would be one of those houses. Yes, Mark would totally be one of those houses. I, I love my man Pete Wentz. I would still love his decorations. I feel like our decoration style is very similar. Keep it quaint. Keep it simple. Keep it traditional. Mm-hmm. Make it cute, though. Make it cute. <laughs> but Mark Hoppus would have the just notoriously better ones. Oh, yeah. Our last category of this episode is most likely to cry watching shitty Hallmark Christmas movies. We all know them. We all hate them, but we all secretly kind of watch them. We all know that that one girl from Full House is in, like, 12 of them. <laughs> like, 10 of them? Dude, oh my god, oh. Because <laughs> we were talking about this the other day. Today, my mom was watching another one. <laughs> and it's the other, it's Stephanie from Full House. <laughs> she was the main character, and I'm like, what is going on? I just... I love seeing these shitty Hallmark Christmas movies because every once in a while you'll get a celebrity that you kind of forgot about, but like was like big, so you don't expect them to like be in a Hallmark movie. You're like, oh, this is where your career went. <laughs> so I really wanted to say Mark for this one because I just think that he is very in tune with his emotions and are gonna cry at it. Uh, and Pete isn't. Okay, the reason why I think that he would get this award, honestly, award, he would get this category <laughs> is because to me, in my mind, when I'm thinking of this, I'm thinking it's like more yeah. secretly. I feel that Mark would be 100% more open and about it while like Pete Wentz is probably crying in a corner and like when his wife walks in, he's like, <laughs> is it? I'm not crying. I just have something in both of my eyes. Somebody was cutting onions. Honey, were you cutting onions? (laughs) (laughs) And there's something... I could just see it. I think that because Mark would probably be more open about it, he wouldn't find the need to really watch them as much. I don't... I. uh, You know what I mean? Like, it's not really a guilty pleasure for him. It's just a pleasure. So I guess let's change the category to who is the more likely one to go out of their way to watch Christmas Hallmark movies to cry. I think it's uh, Pete then. That Mark would watch them if they were on, but Pete really needed a good cry that day, so he <laughs> he dusted off his favorite Hallmark movie and put it in. <laughs> he went, I gotta see the out-of-town doctor go to a small town and get stuck and because of the snow and then fall in love with the with the baker of the town and then she goes to leave and then they fall in, they fall in love they fall in love guys and they have that one kiss because apparently in Hallmark they never kiss until the very ending it's not until they get married <laughs> can you tell the vibes yep yep it's 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 Pete, it's Pete. <laughs> It's a little peaty boy. Oh. <laughs> that wraps it up, y'all. Wraps it up like presents, eh? Now, where are we going? We Bray? are going to the boom, boom, judge's corner. Indeed we are. We will be right back. We're going to tally up the score. Yep, we're, we're in the judge's corner, and... um. 
Bree has the score for you right now, which is... Why do I have to announce that my person lost? That's just not right. That's that's actually kind of screwed up. I think you need to announce it. Well, okay, I'm going with tradition here. I, you've mainly been the one to announce it. That's I didn't I didn't mean to throw Fine. shade at you, you salty bitch. Fine. Mark Hoppus won six to four. Are you happy? Are you happy? Shut up! I don't want you to be happy. You didn't even let me answer. <laughs> I feel humble right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you feel humble, you piece of work. Oh, you. no, really tell me how you feel. Don't hold back. <laughs> I just want to say that I'm not happy with this result, but I understand I did vote for Mark for a few categories, so I guess it was bound to happen. For all my friends that I've lost a lot of uh, brain cells over the course of listening to Blink-182 and uh, Fall Out Boy, we're going to take you through the categories really quickly just to remind you who won what. So for our first category, it was who had the best stage energy. We voted Mark Hoppus for that. Best social media presence also goes to my boy Mark. Most dad energy we omitted because both of them radiate different, but dad energy equally, so... Edgiest, of course, had to go to Pete Wenz. Uh, sickest baseline went to Mark Hoppus, begrudgingly. That's my word of the day. <laughs> Best audience engagement is also Mark. Most iconic fashion went to Pete, of course. Most likely to have a bra thrown at them during concert, which, I mean, is it most likely? It happened. Pete Wenz. <laughs> and for our not so lightning lightning round Christmas categories, the best Christmas song went to Mark Hoppus. Best Christmas decor went to Mark Hoppus. And most likely to cry watching shitty Hallmark Christmas movies. You guessed it went to Pete Wentz. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, that's the end of this episode. We, again, will be taking that break. We're going to be doing our things. And we're really excited for you guys to see what we have planned and working. But in the meanwhile... There are just a couple of episodes that you can listen to if you haven't listened to them already. I mean, we've done Janis Joplin versus uh, Stevie Nicks. We've done Ron versus Dwight. Michael Kelso versus Daniel Destario. Such a great one. Yeah, we've done a whole bunch of fun ones that y'all should definitely check out if you haven't already. Uh, we will try to be active on our social media during our breaks, so we won't disappear completely. Don't forget about us. Uh, but we will be back. Yeah, and this this was an extremely successful first season, and thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be back with more. But for now, I must say, au revoir. So long, farewell. Don't I get do, Sound of Music on, baby. We love you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to us this far, and you can listen to other episodes. We bid farewell for now. You can always find us on Instagram and Facebook. That is Hippie Chick X Metalhead, Hippie with an IE. And for all your listening material, that is on anchor.fm. All right, bye. We love you. Love you, bye.